I'm a Jill mm. of all trades, <laughs> but I'm a master of painting. There's been just just a little bit of everything. And I think it's really, it adds value to what I can do then. So that 1% looks so different then when I can fix rotten bits of timber and replace stuff like mm-hmm. that out. And mm-hmm. is my values are in the right order. Simple as that. Is my children come first above anything else? And that is why I went into business is to create freedom in my world, to turn up better as a mother. At the end of the day, that's why I'm working. Yeah, big shout out to all the men that, you know, got me to where I am. My paint chick, uh, Instagram, she runs on her own. So I'm kind of trying to decide who she is exactly. That's paint chick, Crystal Brooks, out of Sunshine Coast, Australia. Today, her and I are going to get into social presence and having your values in line in order to succeed in business and family. Some of today's takeaways will be Crystal's perspective on women in trades, expectation management, marketing and specializing, and scaling up. And if you're listening for the first time, my name is Mike Kenoki, and I'm a general contractor in Fairbanks, Alaska. And the premise of the Contracting Handbook podcast is that we're all experts at how we build, where we live, but the business basics are universal. And that's why I'm talking to tradespeople and business owners from all over the world and sharing our stories. It's always a mixed bag and there's always something to take away. And if you enjoy the pod, please share the podcast directly to your social media from your phone and tag the contracting handbook and paint chick on Instagram. But that's enough from me. Let's continue on with Crystal Brooks. Yeah, she, she was the worst client I've ever had. Her expectation and what reality is with two different things. This is where mm-hmm. disappointment happens is when the two don't meet. And do you have an expectation of how this looks according to, to YouTube? Because everyone's an expert on YouTube. They can make themselves look like that. And what reality is. As you would know, there's always a lot of prep work and, and any kind of trade, which doesn't look like much is happening, but it is a massive, massive portion of what we do. So I've got a little bit of a hack. Yeah. I'm the boss. Like, who are you going to go complain to? The boss? Well, I'm the boss. Okay, that's fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to do your job. That's what I mean. I know word of mouth is a terrible, terrible thing to rely on. Do I, do I really want to get busier than this? Yeah, I just, I'm starting to listen to the language they use around why they haven't had home maintenance done. The hard work people or the people that are going to stress out and be the nitpickers are the ones that just delay constantly getting work done because to mm-hmm. them it's too hard. I almost feel like the boss works for the employee. You've got to make sure they've got a job. You've got to set the expectation no, I have an expectation of how I want to be a boss and turn up. And if I can't turn up like that 100%, I can't be that person. I can't be the boss. People buy for a few reasons, uh, health, wealth, and status. So I want to market this that, you know, you're having a sense of status by having one of these beautiful walls in your home. I've already got a girl on. She started, she's done two days with me so far. She's 15, and so Mm. I'm in the process of training somebody. I have visions, and this is where things work, is when your values and your vision and you've got to do all that airy-fairy stuff as we we talk about, is I want to be working for half the amount of time for double the amount of money. That's my end goal personally. I get a lot of men uh, inboxing me going, how do you do it? You know, I'm now a single dad. 
um, I'm trying to work and I have my kids half the time. How are you doing this? To them, it's just completely unfathomable how I'm actually raising children and, and crushing life. I'd like to give a shout out to my best mate. I know he won't listen to this ever. And then he goes, you're actually really good at this. Why don't you do this all the time? And I said, well, I'm not doing it for free. Welcome to the Contracting Handbook Podcast. My next guest is a painter on the Sunshine Coast of Australia. She's a provider of tutorials, painting best practices with a dash of humor, and best social media practices for misogynistic creeps and trolls. She always tries to improve her game while balancing in raising her voice. She's owner and operator of Affordable Sunshine Coast Painting. It's Crystal Brooks. Hi. Hi. Good to be here. Good to see you. Welcome to the show. It's good. It's good. I've been listening to the podcast for a while now, so it's good to kind of, you know, come on and contribute a little bit. Cool. I'm excited to have you on. And, and I'm going to stand a little bit corrected because I wrote that intro before we talked a bit. Uh, since meeting you, you told me that you haven't really encountered discrimination and, you know, all this stuff we're talking about with women in construction in your workplace. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so trolls, I've, I've found, are more so in the social space. They're easy to ignore. But mm. not not on the workplace. I've been really, really, really fortunate. So I know we, we're in this massive kind of movement to, like, support women in the trades and all of this. And don't get me wrong, I think it's amazing. But it, there needs to be a shout-out to the men that recognise our value and how capable we are because they did come first. So these, this guy that I started with saw my value and saw my capability and showed me. And since then, I've had nothing but great men in the workplace that have taught me along the way. Because I've never, I haven't worked with female tradesmen before. I've got nothing to go off on that sense. But, yeah, the big shout-out to all the men that, you know, got me to where I am, definitely. Cool, yeah, and I and – I made that comment about the social media stuff because that was one of the first posts of yours I saw was somebody had said something just stupid. Oh, just stupid. So, yes. That... <laughs> and it hide, it's Look, a, I... just a guy hiding behind a, a handle. A handle. That's exactly right. Like, would you walk up to your mother or say something like that to somebody genuinely in the streets? No. The cowards, in my opinion, like you really got to, do that all over social media to make yourself feel good go crazy but that one really got me actually like wow you are now blocked so the social space is definitely where I deal with a lot more discriminative stuff I guess compared to my real world but I've started to teach like treat my social space separately to my actual workspace mm. in a, uh, yeah so you know my paint chick uh, Instagram, she runs on her own. So I'm kind of trying to decide who she is exactly a little bit, what is her direction, because that that's a little thing all on its own. And then I've also got my painting business, which I run on my own. 
you know, so it, it's almost like I'm running two things side by side. That is interesting mm. because the, the social media stuff definitely takes a lot of extra time. And I um, struggle just, I struggle just to do my three posts a week. And I see what, you know, you and a lot of other people are getting really creative and, and, and putting a lot, a fair amount of time, obviously into it. You get good at doing it after a while, but you're putting a fair amount of time into it. Yeah. It's really impressive. Um, and uh, go back to you. the, go back to the, uh, the trolls. I didn't really encounter trolls until I had a lot of women on the show. Oh, wow. And then okay. I, th then they came out. And yeah. All right. I had to talk to them. <laughs> I had They're to all talk gone. To them. <laughs> I did. I had to, oh, I had good. To, I had to set the records. I had to set them straight. Um, oh, good. Well, thank you. I'm going to jump ahead because you kind of, I, I kind of wanted to get into the social media aspect because you've accrued a large following. Did you do that? Like just making your funny, you know, tutorial videos and they yeah. just, yeah. people just, that's cool. Bull. It's a bit amusing, actually. So my Instagram account isn't even 12 months old yet. So this is the other part of it is it, yeah, it's blowing up. So I didn't really think of Instagram as a platform for anything but sharing like your social life, so to speak, with all those friends and families that live abroad. Um, so I had a, I have a personal account. And then I was going through my sister's house. She just got a rental and I was with somebody and I'm pointing out all these little bits and pieces. Oh, that doesn't get fixed. You know, this will happen. This is happening because that's happening. I was just pointing out little bits and pieces. I'm like, make sure you write that down because, you know, that's not her fault, but that will cause a problem. And he's like, you do realise how much content you have. I'm like, what are you talking about? What, what do you mean? He's like, people just don't know this stuff. And to me, it was second nature. He's like, easy, content, 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 content. All this stuff is content. I'm like, oh, okay, well, all right. I'll... So I started one. And if you look back at some of my earlier stuff, it, it was clunky, not going to lie. It, it always is. It's teething issues and a bit clunky. And I was going to try to do some really cool aesthetically pleasing um, Instagram. I'm not aesthetically pleasing, you know. I just... I'm just not like that. <laughs> like it, it gets a bit. And then I started to get the hang of it. And then so I would try something like, oh, okay, well, that got this many followers and this many views and this many comments. And then I started being my normal tongue-in-cheek self and people jumped at it. Oh, that's really relatable. I can see how you, you're like that. And I think I did a, a series of stories over a week about the painter will fix it. So I went into a, a renovation and there was an electrician's fingerprints all over stuff. There's weird tiling problems. There was a hallway that was narrow at one end and wider at the other. I'm like, just, just weird stuff. So I started putting all the stuff all over my socials and it started gaining more traction. Uh, then, yeah, I just kept making reels and then suddenly it just went exploded in one week. I ended up gaining 12,000 followers in one week. Um, wow. So it went viral. Yeah. And then since then, it's just been a steady climb since then. So now I'm sitting at, uh, I think I'm at 25,000 followers or something like that. So yeah, it is a thing. You need to have your head in the game if that's, and everyone asked me, oh, I want to do socials. I said, why do you want to do socials? 
Like, why do you want to get to my level? Because it takes extra work. It really does. And if you don't have the creativity, it's not, yeah, you're just creating more work for yourself. So if you don't need to do it, don't do it. <laughs> that, that's my first one. It is, it's a lot of work. So why do you do it? I saw an avenue for a possible side hustle. Uh-huh. So I went, oh, I could make I could make money out of these. All these people are now dollar coins to me. <laughs> so cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. So that's how I look at this now. I said, all right, now this has become something different. This is not me showcasing what affordable Sunshine Coast painting does anymore. This is now something else. You know, so I get brands going, hey, we'll send you free stuff. And that's cool. I like that. Don't get me wrong. But now I'm in a space where I feel I can educate people on the right way to do things, which is ultimately what I would like to do. I'm in a space where, you know, I can teach people, you know, the process of what I do so they can see the value and why painters charge what we charge. Because a lot of people go, oh, I didn't expect it to be that much. It's just paint on a wall. Well, it's a lot more than that. It's a lot more than that. Yeah, do it yourself. So do it yourself then. (laughs) You know, I know my job's going to look better than your job. Exactly. (laughs) So I like to be able to then overshare what I do. And I've had a bit of an argument with my best mate around this one. He's like, you're giving out all our secrets. No one's going to get us to paint. I said, it's actually quite the opposite. If you overload people with information, they're not going to know what to do with it. It's it's impossible. So then they actually go, actually, I can't do this. That's a lot of work. I need someone else to do this for me. So, but yeah, there's a bit of like, you know, sharing some of this. So it's become something else. I'm in the process where, you know, I get sponsorships from paint companies. I'll go, hey, I've got a, I've got a great job. It can showcase what your products do amazingly. You know, Mm. I'm using this. I want to use this. I want to use this product. I can say why I'm using this product. You know, it it will just hit all the things that your company is about if you sponsor the paint for me to do that job, like the products. So then, you know, that's money in my pocket because I'm not forking out for materials. So Mm -hmm. it's saving me. Yeah, that that. There's a bit of a reason for it now, as I can see how this makes me money. It's interesting. You you do a great job of putting out the little tips. And, you know, I, I watch your stuff and other people who are putting these things out. And and it's cool for people that have been in the trades, too, because we, we're still all learning little tricks from each other. And I see that I was watching one of yours with your you were using painter's tape to remove fuzz from the roller cover to, to remove and and these guys are like, what are you doing wasting all that tape? <laughs> it's only one way. <laughs> like, I'm, just, I'm like, are you actually serious? Like, oh, that one, that one was hilarious. Like, I knew that one would blow up to kind of create an argument. It, it did. <laughs> but that's it why I do it. <laughs> it was like, pretty I, comical. The one oh, other guy's like, like you just tape on your leg and then you hold one piece. You only, then you only use one piece. Well, it's still one piece. So I just rolled right. it around a roller. Exactly. No, it was very fun. Just, and then one's going, you only have to, you've got to wet it and roll, wash it out that way. I'm like, but what if I'm using oil-based paint? I can't do that then because then the water is in the roller and water and oil don't mix. You can't do it with oil-based products. And that's what I was doing with that one is that was going into an oil-based product. Mm-hmm. You can't wash it out. So 
<laughs> yeah, that one blew up. Another one that blew up was um, I told everyone that the only way to do uh, gloss work was with an oil-based gloss enamel. <laughs> that one blew up too. <laughs> um, so... Does I you you, you kind of spoiled my line of questioning here because you went right into it, but, but I'm just kidding. I'm but, so uh, sorry. <laughs> um, no, does the paint chick on Instagram bring you more work where you live? No, no, she doesn't. It's interesting, isn't it? So everyone yeah. goes, "Oh, you'd get all these leads." I'm like, actually, I don't. My entire business runs off word of mouth, so I don't. People. Call Call me. I've, I don't. You won't find me if you Google me. You won't find my business or anything like that. It just, I'm just there. Uh, so, so people call me to do their work, and they wait three months for me to get to them. It's which is really, really amazing. So when people go, "Hey, I got a job next week," I'm like, "Ah, uh, no, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen." So yeah, Paintchick does not get me leads. Uh, which is is bizarre. Like with that kind of following, you would think it would or, or might, but it's not really set up as a business mm-hmm. profile either. I, I did in the beginning have it set like that. And as she kind of um, took another direction, I'm like, all right, I've got to get rid of all my email and stuff off of this because I was getting phone calls from weirdos in Victoria, Australia, trying to talk to me about skateboarding. I'm like, uh, no. No, like this is not cool. <laughs> so I took my number off, took my email off. As I was, mm. yeah, I was starting to get some weirdos come through. So cha- changed it a lot. That's, That's interesting. Sure. I would say with my construction company, I don't use the IG anymore. And actually, it's been hacked. It's so I no longer have it, but I haven't used it in a few years. But I found that it didn't really bring business, it just brought trouble. It just brought tire kickers and people saying that mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing, but you look up who they are and yep. they don't know anything. Yep. And yeah, I, I can relate to that one. Yeah. But you've got, I get a, now you've got a small army of people that probably just jump on anybody who's saying something ridiculous on your handle now. Yes. Yeah, I do. I've got some that oh, it, it's really hilarious. I just get slightly amused and the yeah, others the flip side of this is clearly I do social media I do paint chick but I don't do social media in my personal world I really don't I don't do social media so I'm like I spend enough time on my phone I need to put that down and like I'm not putting anything out there for that validation or anything like that um you know I I do I do enjoy being a bit of an entertainer I do enjoy having a joke and it's a creative outlet for me mm-hmm. as well. So when I'm working on my own all the when I was working on my own all the time, you know, so I would kind of I would have a stupid joke pop into my head. I'm like, I want to share this because this is hilarious. And I've got a like a select few people around the world as well that I've connected with and I'll have a joke with them and we'll send video uh, messages back and forth. So it was a way for me to kind of connect with other painters and feel like I had, you know, Oh, this this and this has gone wrong in my day and they'll go yeah this this and this has gone wrong in my day so it was a way to kind of connect mm. with people as well in in the industry and not be working alone all the time which was really nice and you know be able to talk talk shop without anyone being jealous or 
um, that's what I'm looking for. You know, you get their knickers in a knot, so to speak. So everyone kind of feels like there's this some form of competition between local painters. And sometimes you, you need someone to talk to about a job. Like, what would you charge on this? Because it's a bit different. You know, do you think this is too much or should I have charged mm. more? So I've got painters here in Australia that I've, you know, I can go because their pricing will be somewhat similar because we're, they're, you know, there's one on the Gold Coast, which is only just down the road. There's one in Victoria uh, and there's one in South Australia. I'll go, hey, guys, I've got this job. It's this big. Send them all the photos. Go, this is what I was thinking of charging for it. What do you think? And they're like, yeah, I think that's a good price. Like, nah, mate, you need to put that up. Or, you know, so being able to talk money with somebody mm. else is really valuable mm, really absolutely valuable. i would say yeah. in my own building community it's only been in the last four or five years that i've got colleagues that i really you know talk money with and because everyone else is pretty competitive and closed but yeah. since i've been on social media as the contracting handbook the conversations i'm having with people all over the world it's it's mind-blowing to me because we have so much it in common. Would be. And and so much. It's it's really cool. I um I jump on a live every so often uh with the guy over in America as well. He's he's a crack up. So I don't mind jumping on lives with him, another painter, talk and shop with him and there's other painters that kind of jump in from time to time. It yeah, it's a good little community when it gets up and running, that's for sure. So social media thing is kind of a side hustle and you got your day job painting and then you got yeah and then you've got a couple boys i do that that you're raising too so that's a busy schedule how are you it is how are you finding a way to balance this and you know i get asked this question so much actually i get a lot of men uh inboxing me going how do you do it you know i'm now a single dad um, I'm trying to work and I have my kids half the time. How are you doing this? You know, to, to them it's just completely unfathomable how I'm actually raising children and and crushing life um, on my own. And I guess the biggest thing that I always come back to, and it's a bit like Airy Fairy, is my values are in the right order. Simple as that. Is my children come first above anything else and that is why I went into business is to create freedom in my world to turn up better as a mother at the end of the day that's why I'm working you know I'm working to provide for them and I just I don't want to have a job at the expense of the relationship with my children so I don't I don't I'm not the contractor that's there on their doorstep at seven o'clock in the morning because I'm home being a mum I'm making sure they're ready for school and this and that and they're out the door and then I'll go to work. So I won't start work until 8.30 in the morning. And I don't know about anyone else, but I know I feel great after I've had a good breakfast. I haven't rushed my morning. I've had a good cup of coffee. I know my kids have eaten and they're out and not paying somebody else to raise them. And I've done that. So that feels good. So then I'm going to work feeling better about that. Uh, I don't work much past school Um, times. My kids will, they ride home from school. They call me when they get home. They do their chores until I get home. My kids are bloody amazing, I tell you. 
Yeah, I just, my values are in the right order. My kids are first, then my finances come second. So that's where my job is. I always look after my job. And then adventures, which kind of ticks them all. You know, I've created a job where I've got financial freedom, I've got freedom for my family, and that in turn creates having adventures with my kids. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about for me constantly. I admire that, and and I I just want to jump in and say I admire. I don't have kids, and I don't I don't have to do that other stuff at night. And I just admire the. Um, oh, that. thank you. Yeah. Thank um, you. Yeah, like and, you know, and, and then there's things outside of that. You know, I don't get me wrong. I there are days where I get hectic. You know, it. I feel like I've bitten off more than I can chew. I've actually got the kids' grandma up helping me at the moment because I've taken a job on that's a bit further from home that I would normally take mm -hmm. and I don't like being too far from home in case the school phones and my kids sick and I'm too far of a drive to come get them quickly so she's around which makes me feel better so that that's really helpful mm -hmm. yeah so don't get me wrong there are times when I drop the ball I'm, I'm not perfect but generally that's what I'm like Generally, I, I'm all over it. Yes. How, how do you deal with your clients when they are like, wait, you're only going to work from nine o'clock to three o'clock? No one questions me. Nobody questions me. You're the me. boss. Yeah. I'm the boss. Like, who are you going to go complain to? The boss? Well, I'm the boss. Okay, that's fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to do your job. In the end of the day, when I when people phone me, they know I'm a single mother. They know I'm doing this on my own. So there, there's a level of understanding there before I've even rocked up to the job. When someone's given them my number, they go, yeah, I know this girl. or So they are completely understanding that, you know, above everything else is I need to be a mum. And most of the people I've worked with, they have children or they've had children or they've got grandchildren. They understand and they're very empathetic and it's relatable and they actually admire that, you know, you've gone out on your own to turn up better as a mum. You know, that, that that's admirable. So no one has ever complained on the hours that I've worked. If anything, it's almost better. Like I couldn't stand having a tradesman at my door from 7 o'clock in the morning to 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Like at some point I want you to go home so I can, you know, <laughs> have my space <laughs> so I, they the clients like that I'm not there super early in the morning they've had time to have their cup of coffee and have a shower and get themselves sorted before I'm rocking up and then you know I'm gone you know if they've got kids coming home they can just deal with the kids and I'm not, they're not worrying about you know whether there's paint open this and that so yeah it, it's relatable having kids doesn't hinder or affect negatively any job I'm, I'm gonna wonder out loud for a second here because i'm thinking about okay my male counterparts that i work with and you know a lot of them are super dedicated to their kids and everybody drives their kids to everything here it's a lot of people are a lot more remote and and I see the men, I see men get a lot of flack for leaving because the people are like, well, why doesn't your wife do it? And, oh. and 
<laughs> and and I, I I have also seen single dads in where I live. Just the people are like, "What do you mean you you're leaving? Like this needs to get done." And they're like, "No, I'm going to my kid's game. It's at 4:30." Yeah, that's got, cool. It's just interesting thinking out loud about it. I mean, I'm very happy that you're not you don't get that that flack from people. Because a lot of people just want oh. stuff done. They want to see you in the house. It gets quiet. They freak out. People can be insanely rude. Yeah. And and they can. They can. And and it's. I feel like it's they getting can. worse. Actually, I think people are feeling more and more like they can treat yeah. tradies like they're their personal servant. Yeah, I, I can relate to that one. I think my way around stuff like that is people like to feel what there's progress getting done so Mm -hmm. to speak so you know as you would know there's always a lot of prep work and in any kind of trade which doesn't look like much is happening but it is a massive massive portion of what we do it's all the setup the organization the prepping the job making sure everything's where it's need to be so I've got a little bit of a hack is what I do is I make sure I get some kind of paint out a paint wall it's actually I still need to prep it doesn't matter as long as there's paint on a wall at some point they feel something's happening that's all that matters and they're happy and I'll go off that's it just put some paint on a wall and they feel great open a can of primers (laughs) so they can smell it and swap the paint around yeah Yeah, people I'm I'm an avid defender of my painters because people say, where are they? Why, why isn't this starting? I was like, because prep takes longer than the job for it what we're does. doing. The painting's the easy bit. Yeah, right. That, like, do you want paint all the... over your stuff? Your house is finished. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I've, I've done jobs like that before. And um, so I had to do the ceiling throughout a house. So I have to bring everything off the walls into the middle, cover it all, because the ceilings are the messiest ones to do. You get flicks everywhere. So whether I'm spraying or rolling it, it's Mm -hmm. it's neither here nor there. Everything has to be covered if you're going to do the ceiling. She she got really, she got up me almost. Like this, I think when we we had the conversation there the other morning, this was this client. Mm. And she's like, she just she had no idea, and I explained I had explained to her a few times that, well, I'm going to get paint all over your stuff, so I have to pull things off the wall so I can actually cut in the cornice to paint it. So I, I need to move your couch off the wall so I can put the ladder there so I can cut that in. Then I need to cover it all with plastic so I don't get paint all over everything. So seeing the actual, because it, it it looks messy when everything's covered in drop sheets, so to speak, and things are plasticed up, it, it looks untidy. So this was somebody who was quite OCD mm. and seeing her house out of order really caused her a lot of anxiety. Oh, so I did my best to kind of go, all right, we're going to smash the ceilings out. And then at the end of every day, we had to like take all the drop sheets off out of all of the lounge room, put all the furniture back in the lounge room, you know, get the kitchen. The kitchen, I understand. You need your access to your kitchen. Put her bed back at the end of every single day. So every day we were having to redo everything. And then she was, her expectation was just 
yeah, she, she was the worst client I've ever had. Her expectation and what reality is are two different things. This is where mm. disappointment happens is when the two don't meet. And I said, well, she's like, why can't you just do one room and then another room? I said, I'll be here twice as long because if I'm going to have the ceiling paint out, I'm going to do all the ceilings. It's actually counterproductive to do it the other way. If I'm having to set up a room, yeah, because everything had to be oil-based, undercoated, um, I have to get all the oil-based undercoat out to do that room. That That's a whole, then I have to leave. That's a day's worth of drying. I can't do anything in that room until that's all dry. Come back, prep everything else. You can't do anything in that day because patching has to dry. And then I come back. So we're looking at three, four days there because the state of this house was quite terrible. I said, I'll, I'll be here twice as long. I, I need to do it this way to to get out of your space quicker. So which one would you rather me do? Because if I do it the other way, it's going to cost you more. Yeah, so she was like, okay, no, that's all right. We'll do it. We'll do it this way and you can do it all at once. I said, okay. And then just hovering over my shoulder constantly. It mm. was horrible, just horrible. Yeah. So, some people just can't let go. I, I've really learned to to manage expectations in advance as best as possible to really explain, over explain things, write it all down. And then you can say like, read this. So you know that this is how it's going to be. Your house is going to be a mess for a while. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's, yes, yes. There are certain people that can just find their way around what you've said and find a way in to just dig. It's I've got a client coming up actually actually she hasn't said yes to the job and I'm kind of going to not be upset if she knocks back my quote because it's a decent job she has bricks on the inside of this place so she has a she's bought this product ordered it in from the UK I think she said um it's called lime like and it's it's like a lime wash and it chemically changes the brick so she has a specialty finish she wants done on and there's brick under quite a few different sections in this house and she's like, it's just really easy. I've seen guys on YouTube, they just dunk a, a roller in. But the finish she wants is like, no, you've got to be a bit more careful with this if you're wanting that weathered look. So that takes longer. It's not just throwing this product at the wall. There's all the prep work, you know, I need to go through and make sure there's no dust and contaminants in every tiny little one of these bricks because the product won't work. I've got to tape everything up. You know, or otherwise I'm making a mess and I'm sta- staining the grout on your tiles and I'm getting it all over the adjacent walls. Like there's there's a lot of prep work in this. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, they make it look easy. I said, okay, I'm going to be really blunt with you here. This is where, where disappointment happens. You have an expectation of how this looks according to, to YouTube because everyone's an expert on YouTube. They can make themselves look like that and what reality is. The reality is, is they're not showing you the prep work in the lead up to how this goes, you know, the, the product needs to sit for one hour. You're still paying me for that one hour of waiting for that product to do what it has to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to just walk away. Okay. Then you're wanting a, a really fine finish where I have to choose this test section and get it to the exact level that you want. And it, it, it's um, one hour in between coats. There's a lot of time in this. So I just don't want you to get disappointment because your expectation and the reality aren't going to meet up. So it sounds like you're going to have an opportunity for some excellent content 
to put side by side with one of these YouTube videos. <laughs> what it really right? takes. So, yeah. yeah, so I've been right. The most detailed quote I have ever written. I have put down every tiny little individual step in this thing. So then I can hand it over to this client who you can you can pick the, the challenging ones and then she knows I've said, okay, this is the order of the works. You know, this is what we're going to start with first. This is what we're going to do first. This is what I'm going to do. This is when the cleanup happens. It's right at the end. I'm not cleaning up in between because that's more time. Um, not that I'm going to trash the house and have crap everywhere. There's a tidiness and then you know, things that still need to be vacuumed, I guess. Then she needs I-beams and stuff ground back because um, they've got rust and flat. There's a lot of work. I'm near I'm going to be parking up there for two months if she says yes to this quote, a decent mm. quote. Yeah. The, the volume of work in this is it's huge. I'll have, I'll have to have offsiders on that one. There's no way I can get through this on my own. Yeah, there's <laughs> definitely... Sure. There's definitely nice advantages to being in one place for a couple months. You know, it's just, it's great because you're not oh, in all these yes. different driveways. And, mm. but if it's the wrong client, that's the challenge. <laughs> that's a challenge. Yeah, well, I've turned down decent jobs. And, and then I guess the reason I don't want to be sitting at a job for two months in my world is because I don't have a crew and I don't have all these other little jobs, like satellite jobs running off it. Mm -hmm. All the, the, the little people that phone me that go, oh, I need the interior of my house done and it's a standard home, which is a job that would take me two weeks, um, you know, they, they're not waiting the normal three months. They're waiting even longer because I've got all these jobs backed up. And I kind of like to look after the little people a lot more because they tell more people. So let, let's say I've, I've parked up at a job for two months and that's with one client. That one client only tells three people. There's three leads. In two months, I can get through four, five other jobs that aren't to that volume. And if those five people tell three people, I'm looking mm. at 15 leads, not three in two months. So I always look at it a little bit like that as well. I don't like to spend... Too much of too much volume of time on the one job because I know it, it comes down to leads mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And if my entire business runs off word of mouth, which is a terrible business plan, I do not recommend it. it it's not. It's great to be like that, but it's not a business plan. Um, that that's why I don't like taking on mass jobs where I'm, I'm there for months. Okay, my unsolicited advice is to get a Google My Business page because that is as oh, good as word of mouth. Because your it, clients it, write I've a heard review, this. and they yeah, people will look, read mine and say, "Wow, I know five people that give you a five star review. I'm hiring you." Yeah. You okay. Know? Yeah. Look, I will absolutely take advice. Okay. I am not. That's what I mean. I know word of mouth is a terrible, terrible thing to rely on, but it's just evolved like that is like my first thing I just wanted to get a month ahead and now suddenly I'm looking three months ahead I'm like do I do I really want to get busier than this but this is where I'm at the value I see in the google my business page is you you might find people that that didn't have a lead they don't know where to go and they've got the money and they want 
they've got the budget and they want the job done. They see you're, yeah. you're, you're revered in your community and they love it and they hire you. The thing about word of mouth to me is, the thing about word of mouth to me is, not all the people that get recommended to you are good people. And some of the people, <laughs> so the, the people that, you know, the people that love you, that recommended their friends call you, don't realize their friends are like total cheapskates and, or like, yeah. or like disrespectful. They don't know how their friends yeah. are. So it's yeah, true. a little double-edged, that word of mouth. <laughs> it can be. I, I do not disagree with that one whatsoever. Um, My word of mouth comes from uh, other tradesmen mostly. Mm. So I've done work on a job and this particular tradesman has seen what I've done and they've gone, actually, you do all right work. So there's, like, I know the person, but we're not friends. So they're like, all right, can you come do some stuff at my house then? Yeah, cool, mm. no worries. And then that's how my word of mouth goes mm. often is I've done work for the tradesman that recommends me. Yeah. that's To somebody else. That's the good stuff. Yeah. So what, but, what red flags do you, like, What's a red flag to you when someone calls that you're like, I got to get out of this situation. I'm not, I'm not going to their house. <laughs> when they expect the job done next week, I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. no. Yeah, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you are not. Uh, I guess I always, it's when I see the person, I probably get the most red flags. When they say things like, oh, I haven't had the place painted in 10 years because, you know, I, I did get a quote at one point, but I couldn't decide on the colour. Mm. Okay. You're clearly hard work. I don't no doubt. I want this job. Yeah. If they, so they're, they're the... If they're calling they a painter and they come. don't... Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they kind of... And, you know, there's like... They have never done anything like to to their space you know they've never done um, maintenance on their house because the whole concept around it's like oh it's just too stressful it's just too hard I'm like thinking okay all right yeah I just I'm starting to listen to the language they use around why they haven't had home maintenance done or why you know they've only just now starting to look at it so that's why yeah, mm-hmm. the hard work people or the, the people that are going to stress out and be the nitpickers are the ones that just delay constantly getting work done because to mm-hmm. them it's too hard, even yeah. if they're paying somebody. Yeah, I'd rather not work. And those people that call, those people that call and say, and they're like, hey, can you get over here and uh, t- uh give me a quote for this? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so I need it done before the end of August. And like, who, what? <laughs> Did you think I was actually sitting here waiting for the call? I accidentally, I actually accidentally picked up this call. I don't say that to him. Damn it. <laughs> oh, no. I wish. I, I, am. I should. I do want to have that interior dialogue. That should be like my other handle on Instagram is my, my, in, my interior oh. dialogue while I'm talking to clients on the phone. Yeah. Oh, sometimes I think I should do a real mind, like <laughs> my dialogue that goes on in my head. Or maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> there was a job, an electrician I know, he's gone and done all the um the solar, the air cons, and replacing lights, and he's like, I know a girl. 
And this is a job that I would call a high-end job in my area. Pretty nice house. And he's like, he's phoning me up. So I've given you a number to these guys. They're going to need the full inside repainted. I've made some holes in walls. You're going to have to fix those too. I'm like, oh, cool. I said, get them to call me now this week because um, if they want it done before the end of August, and this is going back in July. Or um, so I've got other quotes out there. They, they, I won't be able to get to it then. And so two weeks has passed. I said, mate, you need to get this guy to call me. He's like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm going. So anyway, the guy calls me and I've gone over there, had a look at this house, and it, it's huge. And so now I've looked at my schedule. gone, all right, I can't get to you until maybe the second week of September. He's like, but Dave said August. I said, yeah, if you had phoned me two weeks ago like you were meant to, you would have had that spot. Now it's filled in with work and now you've got to wait till September. And he went, oh, okay, all right, not a problem. Like, there's nothing I can do about it at all. Absolutely. Sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. And that and happens it, quite a lot. Yeah. People don't, people just don't get it. People understand. And, and so one of my favorite things to say as a general contractor is, the painter will fix it. Oh, I was waiting for that one. <laughs> <laughs> My head went there before you said it. <laughs> so. Don't get me wrong. It's my favourite one to say too as I'm bogging up a hinge that's been ripped out and I'm like, that's okay, the painter will fix this one. <laughs> I'm going to work miracles. <laughs> you do. I do notice that you get to into some some carpentry in your paint jobs whereas i don't think my painters here would touch and they're like um mike you need to get someone over here <laughs> seriously call... <laughs> uh, you, you can't sorry, call me just... i'm not getting someone over to you it's not gonna happen but but this this is a real <laughs> thing where i live yeah look there's a lot of painters that won't do it as well admittedly but i'm this is where I, i'll kind of jump back to that first bit is I am incredibly grateful to the men I've worked with in this industry because you know I've picked up all these amazing little things along the way you know I've been showing how to replace um, bits of beading up in the suffetes or, or the eaves cool um, I've been showing how to replace little bits and pieces look am I ever going to claim that I can go build the door jam hell no I can't do that that's not my job Mm -hmm. um, you go get a chippy to do that, but I know enough to get me out of trouble. That's what I do. Um, I do a lot of plastering. Uh, am I a drywaller? No. I, I know enough. I'm never going to claim to be able to drywall an entire house. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Can I do a bit of render? Yeah, I can do a little bit of render or stucco. I think you guys call it stucco. Uh, but I won't ever claim to do a whole house. I know enough mm -hmm. to get me out of trouble and make mm -hmm. my job look great. So I describe myself as a bit of uh, a jillable trade, so to speak. So not mm -hmm. a jack because I'm a girl. I'm a jillable mm -hmm. trade, <laughs> but I'm a master of painting. And, you know, I've done grouting. I've done silicon. There's been just, just a little bit of everything. And I think it's really, it adds value to what I can do then. So that 1% looks so different then when I can fix rotten bits of timber and replace stuff like mm -hmm. that out. And mm -hmm. it, it adds value to what I'm producing as a finished product. And I see you dealing with like 
taking doors off hinges and and kind of stuff that when you're alone is challenging enough when everything's dry. Like as a fin, I'm more of a finished carpenter, and dealing with doors alone is always tricky. You, I've learned every trick yeah. in the book to to deal with it, but. <laughs> But you're also doing it while stuff's wet or, you know, like the environment's a little different. So where I'm going with this is, are you thinking about scaling up? Are you thinking about having a crew to make things? I am. I am. I have visions. And this is where things work is when your values and your vision and you got to do all that airy fairy stuff as we, as we talk about is, I want to be working for half the amount of time for double the amount of money. That's my end goal personally. So what I want to be able to do is have a crew that's running my residential work that I, I do all, all on my own already. They, they can take care of like the, the standard jobs, I guess I would say. So I've already got a girl on. She started, she's done two days with me so far. She's 15 and so mm. I'm in the process of training somebody see how she goes she's in this limbo where she's costing me money not making me money Mm -hmm. that's okay she's she's so green and she will she will get faster and then start being better and that's okay I'm, i'm quite patient around that that's fine so my plan is to have a crew and then I'm going to do specialty finishes. Uh, so I've got a course coming up next week. So watch the socials for that one uh, to do specialty finishes. And then I can mm. actually, I'm going to market that. I'm going to, that, that's the thing I'm actually mm. going to market. And people buy for a few reasons uh, health, wealth, and status. So I want to market this that, you know, you're having a sense of status by having one of these beautiful walls in your home. If you've got a wall painted by Crystal Brooks, you know, your place looks like this. You know, it looks higher compared to if it's just painted. You know, it adds a a certain level of wealth then, you know. It looks luxury. So it's all in the marketing because, you know, you talk to other painters, they go, oh, there's not enough business for that around here. You know, no one wants that. So you need to convince people. That's how marketing works. Why do we buy all the other commercial crap that we have? Because advertising has convinced us we need it. That's exactly what it is. It's all in marketing. And that's my plan. I like it. Uh, a couple things here. The, the, the possibilities of a 15-year-old are incredible. Yeah, I I I'm, I wish you well with that. I I hope she turns out to be. Oh, like my a, fingers are crossed. Yeah. They really are. Because a 15 year old can work endlessly and and get so much done for you. <laughs> I was I was quite the 15 year old myself. So, um, I I I, I, I hope. You. Yeah, I worked really hard as a kid. Uh, oh, I've always been a really hard worker too. And the marketing. You're, you're right. You just have to tell people what's available. They don't know. People yeah. don't always know what they need and what they want. And, and if you just create something, it's like this beginning thing, like for a, for a contractor, we can just do a shotgun approach to everything and do every job. And it's just a waste because you're never, you're never efficient. And I did that because I had to for a while. But then when I was really focused on specific stuff, yeah. And, and and my business name became a, a product and the experience became a product 
for my clients. Yeah. Um, everything just moved and it, and it was just, people came because they wanted me. I don't have the Crystal Brooks wall, but I've got the straight ahead construction experience. <laughs> I want a Crystal Brooks wall. Hey, now. it's all a selling point. <laughs> I'll just package it up and post it over. All right. <laughs> so uh, that, that's my vision yeah exactly like and, and exactly that once you once you niche and you do it well it, it's endless it, it really is so when we've got like new builds of all these like um sky well not really sky rises towers to some degree popping up in my area of the coast all i need to do is get on with the designer of these things and go hey Sure, you can let that paint company take over the bulk of the work. But as an added extra, why don't you offer them this? Mm. You know, I, I don't want the big commercial jobs. I don't want them. I've got no interest in doing them. I don't want that level of hard. I've, I've worked on them and I know I don't want to do them. You don't want that much white paint take. on you after work? I don't wear white to work, so my clothes would look really dirty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want the headaches. I, like, I don't mind Renault work. I really like Renault work. That's my mm. favourite. But I don't like, like, we, 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 I was in this apartment block and it's like us painters have kind of set up in this bit and then you've got, like, a day's a day in there to get what you can get done because then another trade's coming and you have to jump over to another one to get this done and it's just you can't set up and get anything finished so the whole process is so much longer than it needs to be mm -hmm. and then when you, you've got a boss that isn't communicating how things are running properly that's challenging and so there was like the boss and then there was like two of us crews well when I say two crews we weren't we were one crew there was deep, these two guys that went off, two guys that went off and did their own thing. Then there was me and two other blokes that were like doing this thing, but we didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what we were doing. There was no communication. There was an absolute just shit show for lack of better terms. It was horrible. So I'm like, all right, there needs to be some organization here. So we're not doubling up. What we're doing is productive because the boss would kind of turn up and then be vanished for the day. So I said, okay, right. I'll step up because I've, I've been um, to IC in the job before. I know how to run a crew. And so I started trying to go, okay, well, what are you guys doing? This is what we're doing. Okay, well, why don't we do this? You know, really trying to make this look productive then instead of bits and pieces all over this apartment block. It was just nuts. And then the boss shut me down. You know, I was doing things like, mate, we need some more paint. I've called Dulux. Yeah, they're going to deliver. He's like, you can't do that. I said, well, can you authorise it so we can get more paint here? He's like, I don't want them delivering it. That costs me more money. I'm like, okay, well, can I go get it then? No, I don't want to pay you to do it either. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to keep the job running here. And you're sh shutting me down at every level. So I just went, oh, I'm done. I'm done. There's a, there's a mindset difference between commercial and residential, that's for sure. Definitely. Definitely. I've worked on some big jobs, so that was only one boss. So he taught me how not to run a cruise, that's mm. for sure. Then, you know, I'll go to another boss. He he was hard work. He was really hard work. But once you know the guy, he is a wealth of knowledge. He taught me so much skill that I do have. He taught he gave me the 2IC position because I started uh, 
I started organising him. We had three jobs running. We had three guys in every job and we were sitting down at lunchtime and he's going, rattling through all these things that he needed to remember when he got home. So I sat there with my phone and I wrote, I typed out, you know, that job, this is what you need to get. This job, this needs to go in the van. You need to order this for this job. And I put down who was in each job and I sent that message to him. He's like, oh, that was helpful because he, he wasn't remembering it because he wasn't writing it down. Mm. You know, I was on a job and we're running out of paint and I phoned the paint store we get it from and they're going, yeah, cool, I'll just get um, Tim to authorise it. Tim's like, oh, you sorted it. Yeah, I want the job to keep going. Otherwise, we're sitting here twiddling our thumbs. He's like, cool. So I drove in, go, got that. So he gave me autonomy in, in how the jobs run and how I do my job. And then he goes, you're actually really good at this. Why don't you do this all the time? And I said, well, I'm not doing it for free. So I'll go to pay rise. Nice. And I become 2IC. Yeah, became 2IC. And it was my job to help organize all the jobs, making sure the jobs were running how they should be. And I would go help quote and things like this. So he was a great boss. He really was. He mm. was a hard man, but he was a really good boss. And I finished up with him just because it, the travel to where I was working at the time was getting a bit too much. And for my kids because they were in before school care, they were in after school care. I was working big days. I was missing my kids, to mm -hmm. be honest, and I, I wanted to be closer to home. So I got offered a job with the boss that didn't know how to be a boss. <laughs> so I jumped down to there. So I didn't burn that bridge. I never, I never burn bridges. It's just, and I don't see the point in it. Mm -hmm. So then I've gone over with the boss that didn't know how to be a boss and tried to kind of go, well, I know how to do this. I'll, I'll help you out. Didn't work. Then COVID hit. COVID's hit. And the government has told me to stay home with my kids for two months. I'm like, yes, please, I will do that. Done. I am staying <laughs> home. <laughs> and when I was in that two months home with my kids, just it was great. I enjoyed every single moment of homeschooling, loved the whole process, just being able to do things in my own little area. I live in an amazing part of the world, so it was okay. And I just went, you know, I'm actually not going back to having a boss anymore. I'm going to be my boss. And that's how I've ended up here. My good boss phones me. Um, he's, you know, gone, hey, Crystal, we've got this job and I need to go away for a week. Can you come up and look after it? He's like, I really need you. I said, say that again. He's like, I really need you. I said, I'm now worth more money because I don't need you. So <laughs> he got me back for two weeks worth of work, even more money than what I left and what. Mm -hmm. So you don't burn, don't burn bridges, I guess, is my biggest one because if someone sees you by you, they say, he's been on the phone to me a few times, I need you, you need to stop saying that word because my price keeps going up. <laughs> I always tell good help, it's always a good time to ask for a raise. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Don't sell, you, don't sell yourself short. No, no, and that's something that, I've, I've learned, I've learned my value over time. And I think that's when men kind of thought they could start paying me less because I was a female. Like, hell no. That doesn't work like that at all. I'm doing his job and then some. I'm worth this. I will not work for anything less. You can go find someone else. Sorry. 
and yeah. I will. That, that, that's it. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty hard person when I need to be. Well, you got to be. You got to stand up for yourself. And the and the because not everybody wants to take on the extra responsibility, and it's a lot. No, to take on the extra responsibility. Yeah. It, um, it it definitely is. I don't recommend it to everybody. Uh, you, I think I've got a bit of a thing. Is I think leaders are born. They're not made. Um, you're either the type of person who likes to be doing it or you're, like, you're the type of person who does not like that responsibility. And that's okay. I'm not saying you're beneath anybody who doesn't want to be because I need you people. I need you to work for me. I don't want leaders working for me. I want people that can follow direction. They're quite happy just turning up. This is your job and they go home to their family. Mm-hmm. I, I need those guys. So, yeah. Definitely not talking down to those people that don't want to be in a leadership position. I need. Yeah, that. yeah. No, you you let the you let the craftspeople that want to be craftspeople be craftspeople. Don't exactly. Don't stress mm-hmm. them out with your with your BS. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, I get it. So, what do you see as the best thing happening in the construction industry these days? Uh, the conversation around painting. It's a bit of a different one. So the conversation used to be that painters were, we were the bottom of the barrel. You know, we were we were just the painters. We were the dirty trade. We were, we were just the painters. You know, we were paid a lot less, so to speak. The conversation is changing, especially over in my part of the world, that people are recognising it more as how it adds value to a home. They're recognising it as a finishing trade and they're understanding more uh, more about what painters do so i think that's the biggest thing Mm. in my what i've seen is the the conversations are changing around what each trade is and what they do and you know painters are now worth a lot more and that that's for sure yeah i think that that's the biggest one that i can see the other one is there's a yeah, the, the conversation is Renault work is definitely changing. Like it's new work just explodes and it's cheap and nasty. And people are tending to avoid new builds around here. They get these ledges and they're just smashing houses up so quick. You know, two years later, they're paying me to come back and fix stuff because they're, they're not putting care into these jobs because it's all about money at the end of the day. The cheap houses built cheaply. Then mm-hmm. all the other all the tradesmen need to come back through and basically refix these things mm-hmm. that are houses. So people are people have already bought houses. They're really gravitating into the Renault work. So Renault work is is pretty big in my area mm-hmm. at the moment. Lots of lots of Renault work, and I like that. I, I like before and afters. They look great when you can take a good before and after and mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah uh something i meant to ask you a little bit earlier when we were talking about that uh, balancing work and family and uh what do you what do you do to de-stress oh that's a good one have you got a piece of paper this is a long list <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> So generally in the mornings, um, most mornings I'm up before the kids and this is when I work out every morning. So I've got like a a home gym set up at my house. So I work out every morning and I 
I do mindfulness. I, I have a journal and what I do is I need to declutter my mind so I write down everything I need to do in the day. That helps me sort my jobs out. Sometimes weird thoughts hop in there too, but that's okay. Just declutters my mind. I surf as well. Weekends are, weekends are for surfing. Mm-hmm. I do jujitsu three times a week as well. Um, I guess that activities, I, that, that's what I do to de-stress, mm-hmm. I guess. There we go. There's another conversation is the stereotype of tradesmen knocking off and having a beer. I'm not that tradesman. Uh-huh. I just, I'm just not. Yeah, I'm not that. I'm stressed. I'm going to go have a beer. No, I'm stressed. I want to go for a run or I want to go climb a mountain. That, that's how I de-stress is through activity. That's great. I think that's becoming more normal too. But I, I saw that you were, I saw that you got another belt recently or something stripe great yeah you've got another stripe on a belt that was that was exciting and unexpected cool. jiu-jitsu I, I don't know brazilian jiu-jitsu is something i fell into the haven't even been doing that a year either hmm. um and i kind of fell into it because my kids are doing kids classes and the, the coach is like why don't you do the adult classes i was doing indoor bouldering at the time actually which is just as great. And it was at two different areas. I'm like, all right, well, I'll just put us all in one area. I love learning new things. doesn't stress me out. I love try, I'll try everything once, probably twice, just to see if I like it. And I started it and it actually turned out to be really good. And I like that there's, you know, there's two different ways. You can do it with the belt and the, the belts, like the geese, the white pyjamas as they look like. Mm-hmm. Or you can do it with no gi where you're in kind of like a rash and tights and stuff. So the same sport, just a different variation. So I like both versions of it. I've actually got a comp coming up, my first comp coming up next month. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, yeah, it, it's a great outlet. I don't ever leave the gym feeling terrible after that because I just don't. And I'm the only female... Oh, besides the head coach's wife, but she doesn't do night classes because they've got two little, little kids. Um, I'm the only girl rolling in the gym at the moment mm. as well. So I'm, I'll, that's neither here nor there to me, but it just means I'm rolling guys that are heavier and stronger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it's hard work some nights, that's for sure. That's really cool. Now, you're doing so much every day. You're there. You're at days are packed. Another habit you must have very under control is sleep. You go to bed like the same time every night and get up the same time. Pretty much. Yes. Yes. And yes, I, you, you picked it right. I am a creature of habit. My breakfast is either one or two things. It doesn't change. I'm if I'm not asleep by nine o'clock at night, I start getting a bit irritable. I just, Mm. I like, my sleep I'm up at 5 30 in the morning I had to change that I used to get up at four o'clock in the morning to go running and I got so tired it just it catches up Mm -hmm. this is stupid change Mm -hmm. this one so I'm like funny enough I slept more and I got more energy Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) who would have thought um so yeah I get up the same time every morning even if I don't wake out sometimes my body is sore I'm still out of bed at that time um anyway i yeah creature of habit my my week works on routines that's how i yeah that's i guess how i stay on top of things too is there is a routine 
I think learning a routine was probably the most important thing I did in my career. Because when I started yeah. out, I didn't have a solid routine, but I think it's really important. And I think any tradesperson could really find value in sticking to some sort of routine because you, you do, you do better work. You do better work. There's no doubt about that. Definitely. And that morning routine is really important. Getting some exercise in. Yes. Yeah. I highly recommend it to anybody. It is the best way to practice just to be a little bit mindful, release the tension from the, the day before. Maybe you've woken up, you're holding on to something that's gone wrong on the job. You're like, oh, damn it, all that paint peeled off that. I didn't know that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I feel better. I feel like I'm rocking into work then. I'm de-stressed, I'm fed, I'm good to go then. Whereas if you, you're stressing out your morning, you're sleeping in, you're running late, yeah, that's not a good way to start a morning in any trade or for any person mm-hmm. to, to have a rushed morning. You're not going to be productive at all. I've seen a lot of people show up to work half asleep. You yeah. know, they get out of bed. I and don't, get right I don't trust and... them with power tools. <laughs> it's a challenge when you're trying to hire people, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous about hiring people. I think that's probably why I've put it off for so long. One, I need to learn how to quote the extra people because that's a whole new ball game again. I'm not quite used to doing that yet. And the other one is how do I filter out, you know, filter out who I don't want to work for me? So, I, you know, I train someone for a couple of weeks. Oh, gosh, okay, you're horrible. Move you on. And I don't, that, that, that worries me a little bit. I think there's a lot of value in asking a lot of questions up front. Like yeah. asking people what they do for fun, making sure you know what they do after work. Like, yeah. that, you know, you know all the details, but you want to know what their habits are. You'll learn a lot asking those questions. And, and I actually would ask people to like, tell me how to build something. Even, okay. if, they, even if they were a laborer, can they think? You know, I mean, you could come yeah. up with some sort of question, whatever line of question. Yeah. But, but one thing that I, there's a painter down here in my area of the woods, and uh, we, I was talking to him about business, and he goes, "One thing that I, a few things I always ask people that work for me is, do you have a family? Do you have a mortgage? And uh, what do you do for fun?" Because if they've got a family to provide for, a mortgage to pay, and, you know, what they do outside of work isn't recreational drugs and they're not sitting down the pub getting smashed every night. He's like, I look for people that have a lot to lose if they don't have a job. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that's a good one because you know they're going to turn up. Mm-hmm. But my head goes, oh, it doesn't mean they're going to be any good. But and that's a good one to know. If they have responsibilities in their world that they need to take care of, Okay, I can see that. True, mm-hmm. I'm one of those myself. I've got you know a house to pay and children to raise. If I, I I would need money, I can see that. But not every parent is responsible. Not every parent is responsible. <laughs> then then that's where I go. Yeah, okay, yeah. maybe paying your mortgage and you have a family, but what else are you doing? Mm-hmm. So then you know they may not be very good at working anyway. They're there on their phone too much. My, one of my old bosses there was a lag. 
would would look in people's cars to see what the what what the inside of their oh. truck looked like. And if it was That's a total a disaster, idea. he was like, no. Well, I wouldn't have a jump in if people did that to me. I wouldn't either. <laughs> I have a general contractor's pickup. It's bad. I got a van. I got a van. I can hide so much sin in that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm getting better. It's just I haven't had the right storage. And mm. the other reason I haven't had anyone, or up until now, my kids are a bit older, it's easier. There was a morning where I had to turn up to the job and I had my 10-year-old son just in burst into tears, 8 o'clock in the morning. He was a mess. And I just went, I can't be a boss and be a mother at the same time. Like my, I have, I almost feel like the boss works for the employee. You got to make sure they've got job. You got to set the expectation. You know, I have a, an expectation of how I want to be a boss and turn up. And if I can't turn up like that one hundred percent, I can't be that person. I can't be the boss just yet in my just yet not while I'm trying to be a mother when my kids really need me so I'm like how would that look I've got my son having a meltdown in the morning I've got the guys on job going hey where are you boss and I'm like being a mother (laughs) you know I I would need people working for me that have initiative like they can even be better than me that'd be great Mm -hmm. and I don't have to teach them anything Mm -hmm. but that that's the other reason is I could, I knew at that point in my life I couldn't turn up to be the boss that would be expected of me. I would say at my at my peak with employees that my two best my two top carpenters were absolutely better than me. Actually, one of them taught me most oh, of what I know. But oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm better. At, I'm better yeah, at what I'm better at my job. You know. Yep. So it's that. Point when and I that's what I want to do. Yeah. I have people working for me that are better. And I'm happy to be schooled the entire way. I am not. I know I've got a lot to learn. You know, people call me rookie all the time all over my socials. That one stings a little bit. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be, I'm happy to learn new techniques. I'm happy to learn a new way to do things. I'm happy that that's fine. My ego isn't so inflated that I'm walking around going with my chest puffed out going, you can't teach me anything. I'm the boss. Mm-hmm. I know that that's not the way to be. Like if you've got a better way to do it, tell me. I want to know. Yeah. Let's you try know, it. One of the, I think it was the third podcast in the show, the first season, um, I had a painter on from New Zealand and and he he was just like, I quickly realized that there's far more talented people at painting than me. And so I harnessed that <laughs> and became a business manager basically. And, you know, he's yeah. running, he's running a painting company that's on both islands, which is crazy. That's incredible. Yeah. See, I don't think I ever want to be that. I just don't think I ever want to be that big. I'm quite happy not to be. It's a oh, scaling goodness. thing for sure. I, I, you gotta, I you gotta pick your scale. Go ahead. My son's just waking up. Good morning. Good morning. I'm on a podcast right now. Do you need me right now? Go get ready for school, please. Can you shut that door as you go? Okay. See, that's what I'm talking about when my crew would show up looking like that. Like you guys. 
Eat breakfast before you come to work. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> oh, my one of my pet peeves, and I get really judgy, weirdly judgy with people, is if they don't eat breakfast. I'm like, I don't like people that don't eat breakfast. I just, it's you need to eat breakfast. Um, you do the the young girls. I, I, <laughs> it, that's the um. I got a bit of a uh, interest in nutrition. Put it mm. that way. There's there's a there's a past crystal that used to train people as well. Mm. She, so my, my 15 year old uh, worker, she rocks up and like, have you had breakfast? She goes, I don't really eat breakfast. So the first day I let it slide. The second day she's rocked up to my door. And so she rides over on a bike, big tick for me. You're getting yourself here. I love that. And I'm like, do you want a piece of toast? And she's looking at me while I'm munching on my Vegemite toast. And like, she goes, yeah, I'll just have one piece. So I think she must have been hungry because, as you know, when you're on your feet all day, your appetite increases. So she probably got home and realised how hungry she was. You need to fuel your mm, body. If absolutely. you're going to be on your feet all day, you need to eat. You really do. It's important. It's very important. So think, yeah, I made her eat breakfast. And little things like I, I take a massive container of fruit or cut up fruit. And I'll just leave it somewhere in the middle of where we're working, like snack, you know, get some food into you. I'll come, it's just fruit to me. I'd rather nurture and make sure she's feeling good. Or mm-hmm. any worker, I've, I've done that on, on other job sites too, mm-hmm. is to make sure people are, are fueled. They need it. You know, the energy starts diving. The brain starts going a little bit weird if, you know, their nutrition has dropped, their energies are dropping. Yeah, food, surprisingly. I, I think that's a thought. big a big part of leadership is, is picking up on those little things. And, you know, some people just aren't wired for it. Like, just like the, the painter we're talking about before, who doesn't want to, doesn't want the extra responsibility. They just want to paint. Some people aren't wired to like, think about food and they, they don't properly fuel themselves, but if you leave the food out, they'll eat it. They will come. (laughs) They'll notice it. And it disappears. And it does. One of the, the crews that are around, um, it's funny, you, you, you touch on reading people. I don't know if you call it mother's intuition. I feel like I've been like this my entire life. But I like reading people and finding out what gets people ticking and what can I do to get the best out of somebody. Mm-hmm. So what works for one person will not work for the other person. So I used to call it stroking the ego. You know, People like to feel good. The boss likes to feel good about what he's doing. And some people... I kid you not, I used to walk up to my boss and punch him in the arm and go, mate, that was a good land. I'm so glad you got that job. That's awesome. You know, mm. chest puffs up a bit more. He feels good that he's nailed the quote to keep his business going. You know, he's feeling great. There was another guy. He liked to be fed. I kid you not. He, he was the food boy. So I would, I, I constantly snack. I don't care what any boss has ever said to me. I need food. So I'll snack and keep working. I won't sit still, but I'll, keep, I'll eat. So I used to go get my container of fruit or my apple cutters and half walk over hand, half to him, half to me while we kept working, you know. So I'll feed him. Another one, he just liked a bit of company when he worked. So it's just really reading how each of these people like to be treated and, you know, acting accordingly. You treated them all the same. It just wouldn't work. It gets clunky. So I, I feel them. That's one of my superpowers is being able to read people. 
It's a, it's a very important one if you're going to lead, if you're going to be a, if you're going to have people working for you, I find. I Definitely. Mean, I would shape the job. I would take jobs based on who I had working for me. Like once That's I see idea. their, their gifts, like well, there's certain kinds of stuff I'm not going to do because they're not going to enjoy it. And yeah. as a boss, like some bosses, like the bosses I had would be like, we'll just do it. I don't care. It's yeah. your job. You know, well, I'm a construction worker and I was treated like a construction worker and they were the boss. Yeah. Okay. You know, that's yeah. like an old school. It's, it's not how we're, obviously there's a consciousness that's happening and everybody's talking about it now, treating people better. But, and uh, like in my last or a previous episode recently with Jake, where he talks about giving people benefits and, you know, flex time and all that stuff. But yeah, but anyway, the whole idea that I shape my work around my employees, well, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. If, if they're good That's at a great idea, because you want to keep them motivated because everybody burns out. And when you come yeah. in, your crew just looks like a bunch of zombies. Something's wrong. Mm. And you gotta, you gotta yeah. like, you gotta yeah. figure it out. Because absolutely, when productivity is dropping and you're looking at Friday going, Oh man, I want them to work to the weekend. And you're like, you know, they're not going to work to the weekend. Mm. Anyway, I could go on and on. Yeah. All the mistakes I've made. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I'm learning too. I just know the ones that I've learned from other people and it's simple things like if I'm not going to work weekends, I refuse to work weekends. I'm not expecting my crew to work a weekend. Simple as that. If I'm not going to work past this time because I want to go home and spend time with my family, I'm not going to expect my crew to do the same thing. And, you know, it, it's all of those things. I would rather my crew come, like the guys that are going to have working for me go, look, can I start at this time, you know, so I can drop them off at school? And I would rather them do that than being, like we've, we've touched on, instead of being rushed in the morning, kids yeah. kids are useless sometimes. Sometimes the shoe is on the wrong foot when it's not. Sometimes the laces are done wrong. Sometimes they want the pink water bottle and not the blue water bottle. And mm -hmm. Kids are challenging. So if you're not having to worry about getting a kid off to care in the mornings at some silly o'clock, and you're showing up less stressed, you're going to work better. And I would rather my crew do that than rocking up stress, pulling their hair out, tired, just I want them, yeah, rather give them flexibility. I just want to say that sometimes grown men want the blue one and not the red one too. Oh, I'm so sorry. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I, I get it. If you've noticed, I have a selection of cups mm. and sometimes I wake up in the morning going, I really want my Fox cup this morning and it's in mm. the dishwasher. I don't like this. Mm. My morning is already ruined. No. <laughs> <laughs> We've all got our things. We do. You do. <laughs> um, so, absolutely. Why do skill traits matter? So houses don't fall down and paint doesn't peel off walls. What do you value most? Family. Who is your mentor? Oh, I don't have one. I've got many. <laughs> I've, got, I've, got, I've got a list. Three. Um, I have Orson. I have Orson's my best friend. He's a painter. Uh, I have uh, my mum. She, she was a pretty good mentor for me. And books. I read lots. Mm. What do you want your legacy to be? Oh, 
work less. And I want my legacy to be you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. You know, don't get so hung up on making a living you forget to live. Okay, I'm going to guess your favorite tool. Ooh. Hmm. I, I blast this one over my socials a fair bit. If you don't get it, I'll be disappointed. <laughs> oh, I'm going to, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> uh, oh, it's your sprayer. Your, your HVLP. Oh. You know what? I do like that one. I really do. My favorite tool though. Oh, it's not on my belt. Is my little knife. I love my knife. Oh, right. It is. Yeah. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Uh, what is your the most useful tool? My knife. What is the where have you been all my life tool? My spray gun. Yeah. I like it. What are the best job site snacks? The best job site snacks? Nuts. I love nuts. What are the best job site jams? Oh, Tragic Country always goes really well. <laughs> Makes your life feel great. Or Heavy Metal. I like Heavy Metal. That's a good what job site what, jam. What kind of metal? Name Stone Sour is one of my favourites at the moment. I, I like them. Our Last Night, so what they do is they take really, they take pop songs and they add this really cool rock twist in it. I like them. So I was listening, like, oh, my God, this is a Taylor Swift song. But it's not. I like that. Amity Affliction. I like those guys. Uh, Blink One Eight Two, Lincoln Park, Limp Biscuit. You know mm. all the old school ones. Mm. Yeah, and we can go in. Yeah, I like all those guys. Oh, just depends on my mood. Those aren't old school to me. I just feel like that all that stuff just came out yesterday. <laughs> you do know I'm like I'm only thirty three. Yeah. They were yeah. like around when I was in nineties. Right. right. No. Yes. Um, what's the best live show you've ever been to? Oh, best live show. That was a festival. Oh, no, it wasn't. A lie. I went out. My favourite band is the Pierce Brothers. Uh, they're like a grassroots rock kind of thing. They're an Australian duo. I saw them first at a music festival. And then I went to them live here. It took two years, three years to get there because of COVID and all these horrible lockdowns. That one was like the first live gig I'd been to after COVID. And the energy in the room was just electric. That one, that was my best live gig. Very cool. The Pierce Brothers, yeah. What question would you ask my next guest? Do you believe you need a social presence in order to run a business? Mm -hmm. Excellent question. Think that's really relevant considering it sure know, is. I am paint chip. Yeah. Here we go. I knew I'd get there. See, it's the ADHD. Yeah. I was thinking of questions and talking at the same time. I know. Trust <laughs> me. I mean, trying to do this show, sometimes I just lose it right in the middle. I have yeah. to hit pause. Yeah. Everybody's ADHD. I'm just finding everybody in the trades. Yeah. And it's yeah. great. It's a superpower. Absolutely. Yeah. Complete superpower would not be as productive as I am without it. I like it. <laughs> if you could start doing something sooner, what would it be? And if you could have started stopping doing something sooner, what would it be with regard to your business? 
Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. If I could have started doing something sooner, learning to quote better, I would have that I would have liked to have done learnt that better because they don't teach that when you're learning how to quote and what you're worth. So I would have started quoting more sooner. I definitely worked for under what I was worth for a big portion of that. Welcome to what the What would club. I stop? Yeah, that's all right. It's learning. Yeah. What would I have stopped? Mm. The state of my van, disorganisation is is a killer if you're not organised. Yeah, the state of my van. I would have stopped sooner the state of my van because it's more organised now. It's so much easier to find stuff. That's what I would do. All right. Is there anyone you want to give a shout-out to? Yeah, oh, probably. I've got a list of guys that, you know, I'd love to give a shout-out to. You know, I want to give a shout out to Chris War from Aesthetics Painting. He's someone I've connected with uh, really well through the Instagram. He's like, he's exactly like me. He's tongue in cheek. And, you know, so I've talked shop with him. Um, so I'd like to give a shout out to him. Uh, I'd also like, I should really give a shout out to, you know, Eve Workwear, who started to like come on board and send me all these actual workwear that I, I look professional in now, not just mm-hmm. a painter. That, that That's really nice, actually, to feel a little bit more professional. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to my best mate. I know he won't listen to this ever, but he deserves a <laughs> shout out. So he has no idea just how much his encouragement really mattered to me it, it I would not have gone out on my own if he had not you know given me the boot and pushed me out the door and helped me to really do it uh, yeah so I really would not be sitting here where I am if it wasn't for him so big shout out to him um yeah I think I think that's it <laughs> those those people now do you think everybody out there listening today should write a review on iTunes and give us absolutely a yeah, yeah, a five star review, rating and review. Share, comment, and tag your mates, <laughs> and save this if you got any value. <laughs> See, I know how Listen to, do to Crystal. Do as you're told. <laughs> so, all right, okay, well, we're going to have to go. Yeah, got... I've got kids. Do it, do it. Thanks for being all right. on. Thank you for the chat. All yeah. right, bye. Bye. Hey, it was so great to have you all here today, and listen to Crystal. Write those reviews, whether you're in Oz, Mexico, New Zealand, Russia, Peru, India, any of the 70-plus countries the show's been broadcast in. Hey, and I want to let you know in advance, I'll appreciate it. When I look at iTunes, I can't see your reviews if they're outside the U.S. because of the way their licensing works. But if you do write one and you want to take a snapshot of it, and send it to me on Instagram at The Contracting Handbook. I'll post it, share it, and give you a shout-out on the next pod that I record. So please, 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 rate those reviews on iTunes and rate me on Spotify. And if you want to make a contribution for production to my Venmo account, you can find me at mike kanoki one to help fund this independently produced content. (laughs) 